0: Hello and welcome to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. On this show we're discussing Frank Herbert's student series chapter by chapter. And this week we're talking about chapter 10 with a very special guest, the co-host of Predictocast Jr. who we've already teased coming onto this show, Jody Skinner. Welcome Jody.
1: Thanks. Hi.
0: Hello. Hello. We're so glad to have you.
1: Yes. Thanks.
0: <laughs> I I know that uh, Cast Junior is a bit of a, a lark because that is a special episode that you recorded with your young daughter and it's adorable. If you have yeah. kids <laughs> and your kids like to see movies, like definitely find Predicto Cast Junior and listen to it because it's, it's just the cutest thing in the world. I don't even have kids and I love those episodes.
1: I'm pretty fond of them. So, yeah. Jody,
0: we usually like to start the show by asking our guests, um, what's your experience with Dune? Like, is this something that's you've always been into? Is this something that you've just kind of recently gotten into? Like, how did you come around to this series?
1: Yeah, so my um, my parents loved movies. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was growing up, we had Cinemax, Showtime, HBO, Um I can, I'm aging myself here, but we had tons and tons of VHS tapes where we recorded whatever was on the on the cable TV, mm. in the VCR, and uh, just just loads. And so Dune was on at a period of time. I think um, on the episode where you had John McCoy, he was talking about how Dune was always kind of playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so my parents recorded uh, Dune and it was playing, and I remember my parents didn't really have any kind of rules around R, or anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) R-rated movie, so um, I watched, you know, when my sister was older, she watched me during the summer, but pretty much um, they were both working and I would load up whatever kind of movie I wanted. And I remember seeing Dune. I think I was fairly young. I'm going to say anywhere from 8 to 12.
0: Mm. Somewhere in there. Sounds about right.
1: So I saw the movie first. um, Probably not long after it came out. I think it came out in 84, so it probably hit, you know, Cable in 85, so somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I remember uh, watching it as a child, a young child, (laughs) it (laughs) it gave you quite the impression. Um, My early impressions were uh, The Bald Nuns Mm -hmm. um, and then her little pointy thimble needle thing.
0: Oh, her gum, Jabbar.
1: (laughs) Yep. Which, yeah. My my kid self didn't know what the heck that was. She was kind of scary, but cool. And (laughs) then um, Kyle McLaughlin, I know a lot of people think he's hot. Hi, Kyle. Um, But as a kid, (laughs) that just didn't register at all. He he already looked like an adult to me. Um, And then the um, Baron, Harkonnen, with the the blisters and all that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Oh, yeah.
0: Very gross, very bleedy.
1: Yes, and oh. Sting. So <laughs> I, I kind of knew, my dad listened to the police. I knew who Sting was vaguely. And even though I was a kid and I wasn't sexual by any means, he has an aura. He has a mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. where you kind of notice the vibe he's sending off. <laughs> and I remember being kind of aware of that, not knowing what that was, finding it slightly intimidating. But um, those were kind of the early impressions and so I had seen the movie here and there there was some you know catchphrases that that I remember um memorable things but I I never did read the books I have since listened to the audiobook Mm
2: -hmm. I had
1: Mm -hmm. a friend in high school who read the book she was a good friend of mine and um we were talking about Dune and she mentioned that um it was just really really big really thick like a long one and Mm -hmm. I was an avid reader um and I've read a lot of sci-fi. Um, some of my earliest sci-fi was like Roger Zelazny in the Chronicles of Amber. Mm-hmm. And those are big books. I yeah. just, yeah. I don't know. So- something about the timing, whatever I was going through in high school, it wasn't the right time to kind of sit down and read it. But yeah, I've since listened to the um, audio book, which I appreciate because it, they pronounce everything. They pronounce yeah. it differently yeah. <laughs> than the movie. <laughs> um, it's narrated by um, Scott Brick. Who I think does a, a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I listen to it through Audible, but you know just the pronunciation, and I just feel like um, some of the nomenclature and the vernacular are, are integral to Dune in in ways that it's not always true in a sci-fi mm-hmm. or a fantasy book. I think uh, like Harry Potter, it is.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. In in Dune you know Quitsat's Hadrack and Benny Jezrit and all these all these things that add to the mystique of the book. So I really um really liked hearing the things out loud and I just sunk back in. I'm like this was this is great. I needed to <laughs> get to, you know, Frank Herbert's original stuff yeah. sooner than I actually did, but now I'm a I'm a mega fan. Oh, that's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a pretty common experience for especially like I feel like women are age because we're all about in the same age group. So it's, you know, we all kind of saw that movie on HBO like yeah. <laughs> in a at a very formative time in life. <laughs> saw Sting in that little bikini stepping out of a steam bath, you know. <laughs> it definitely uh, made an impression on all of us.
2: <laughs> the best part of watching that scene as an adult is you realize that there is no reason for it whatsoever. No, like, there's no just, reason it's... for him to be stepping out of a steam bath in his little brief. Like no one, and everyone just else
0: the is way dressed. That he just like puts his hands <laughs> yeah. like akimbo and is like, "Ha ha!" You know, it's so get a load of me,
1: go boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not lacking for confidence. That one.
0: No, no, not. no. And I, I, I've never <laughs> considered myself like, I'm never like, oh, yeah, the sting, like, that's where it's at. But at that age, I was like, hmm, I don't understand what's happening here, but I think that I like
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some and of the best I... things. That was uh, Prince videos for me. Oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you are like, exactly right, Megan. Sort of looking at the TV like, you know, I don't really know, but...
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> For me, there was this scene in uh, Jurassic Park, the first one with um, Jeff Goldblum, where he's shirtless and he's just kind of leaning back, and that's one of one of those yeah. things where I kind of I'm a female and um, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that gives me strange feels, and I don't know why. And I'm not sure I right. like it, but. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, that being said, we can just jump right into this chapter, chapter 11. Um, and and as a side note, we're very happy to have uh, another lady on the show. I mean, I feel like our last handful of guests have been men. So I feel like <laughs> there are things that women understand about this series and, you know, the formative experience of it that some of our male guests just don't always grasp. So Mm. it's nice for us to have you here. Yeah, I'm glad (laughs) to be here.
1: I'm glad to be a a women trio. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we have, as always, an epigraph from the Princess Irulan, and Megan is going to read that for you all right now.
2: It is said that the Duke Leto blinded himself to the perils of Arrakis, that he walked heedlessly into the pit. Would it not be more likely to suggest he had lived so long in the presence of extreme danger he misjudged a change in its intensity? Or is it possible he deliberately sacrificed himself that his son might find a better life? All evidence indicates the duke was a man not easily hoodwinked. From Wadib Family Commentaries by the Princess Irulan. I would like to suggest that that's all kind of BS. (laughs) (laughs) Not I don't know about those. Day.
1: <laughs> Deliberately sacrificed himself. Yeah, that, right. uh, it's given him a lot of excuses that I don't... It's kind of one of the ruined passages that I don't think is necessary.
2: No, that's that's called suck it up to your husband. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your dad was really cool.
2: He was the best.
1: Dead people are the best.
2: Aren't mm-hmm. they great? He was so great. And he sacrificed himself, maybe. I'm not saying he did, but I'm saying he might have.
0: I think it's one of those things where we make people that have died like under less than ideal circumstances out to be better people mm-hmm. than they actually were. <laughs> yeah, I know that like my, my dad and I recently kind of got into it over Steve jobs. And I'm like, no one's saying Steve jobs didn't do really amazing things, but he didn't do it by himself. And he wasn't always a super great guy. <laughs> my dad is very defensive of Steve jobs. And I feel like it's one of those things like, you know, oh, now that he's not here anymore, and we don't have to look at him. We can just say what a great guy he was, how selfless, and
1: that's a weird hill to die on. Yeah,
0: I know. I was just thinking, like, of My all dad. people, yeah, <laughs> just be
2: like, wow, oh, Steve don't Jobs. get him started.
0: On... Oh, if you mention that John Lennon used to slap his wife around, oh, oh. he won't.
2: He he'll you'll be off the Christmas list for good. Uh, I even that okay, like that. Obviously, that's one of the things where you see John Lennon, and you're just like but i saw mm-hmm. i had a i found a, i saw a clip on facebook of a news report from the 60s that was about uh record piracy mm-hmm. and it was like the bbc doing some news like interview with a guy who sold bootleg records and they interviewed i think it was members of pink floyd and led zeppelin's manager but at the mm-hmm. end they interview john and yoko except yoko is talking and john is in a bag <laughs> And they ask her at one point, like, "Well, what does your husband like think of that?" And she just goes, "Well, he prefers to be in a bag today." I'm just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it's just insufferable." How do you? I'm live imagining with them? my husband being like, "Oh, we're gonna do this interview. I'm gonna put on a bag. Excuse me. <laughs> like, does it have funny faces on it, like that Vine? Otherwise, I'm not interested in this. What? I'm only interested in podcasting from a bag now. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just one of those things. Where I'm like, "Yeah, they're." gonna be people who are like, but he is a genius. I'm like, yeah, but he's in a bag. He's in mm-hmm. a bag to make a statement about, I don't know, I'm in a bag. Right. Like, ah. <laughs> so like, that's people got mad at Lady Gaga for stuff. It's like he's in a bag. Right.
0: <laughs> uh so that's kind of my take on the Duke. Because we've already established <laughs> like he's not like, he's alright, He's has good intentions, but he can be kind of a cold son of a bitch when he wants to be. And um, maybe isn't, like, super great husband material. We've pretty much established that, I feel like. Yeah. Um, uh, One of those things where it's like, you know, he's better in memory than he was in person, I suppose.
1: Mm-hmm. His figure for me, he's not primary... For me, at all, I don't care about him mm-hmm. too much personally, but I care about Paul and I care about Jessica, and yeah. they both thought highly of him. So mm-hmm. that makes me, you know, kind of reverse engineer and figure out he, he was probably pretty decent. I mean, yeah, he, in- he inspired loyalty and love from those two, you mm-hmm. know, a bunch of sergeants and other yeah. folks.
0: And it's important to remember that most people aren't just. All, all the way, the best person ever. Like yeah. people can be a lot of different things. So, um, I do feel like Irulan's epigraphs kind of, uh, you know, glamorize him a lot. Yeah. But yeah. So and we I, have. Uh, oh, sorry, Megan. No, back. I
2: I do think it's nice that we have gotten at least evidence that that uh, Lido and Jessica, you know, do care about Paul
1: mm-hmm. because
2: we don't get a lot of idea of how. These sorts of things work in the rest of this universe. Uh, but you don't really ever get the impression that, say, the emperor really likes his kids very much, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and, and we don't really encounter a lot of other people who have children. But, you know, if it's supposed to be more of a like a feudal medieval state, you know, how often would they have actually in most families seen their children? I mean, we don't right. really get the impression that the old Duke was particularly a cuddly
0: right. you know, kind of father. Right. <laughs> the uh, just the fact that Jessica hates him so much yeah. makes me think he probably wasn't a, a super great guy.
1: To be fair to the emperor, it sounds like his daughters kind of and ex-wives kind of plot against him with his new <laughs> mistresses and new wives. Well, so. but he deserves it. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: all very
2: like it's all very Borgia that family. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's like. very true. Yeah. Yeah, and this this is all this this chapter is just it's all Duke Leto. Um and this yeah. is another one that's happening right exactly on the heels of the last one. He has just found out about the attempt on Paul's life.
0: Yeah, and he this is one all is
2: obsessed, almost entirely internal monologue. <laughs> yeah And a lot more very strange dialogue from people who are, you know, not noble. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever there's an opportunity for Frank Herbert to write sort of the quote unquote, common man, it sort of flies a little bit into, I don't know, sort of a, Game of Thrones type, like, oi, hey, we're peasant people. It's like, what?
1: <laughs> no one else
2: talks like this.
1: <laughs> right. Hey, man, can I borrow a magazine?
2: <laughs> and it's just, you know, that, that feel that under your dogs. Who, what? <laughs> like, who brought these guys? Like, did they come from Caladan? Why do they sound like this? <laughs> uh, but before yeah. that, here's there's brooding.
0: Yeah, so much brooding. I mean it's this is practically an evanescence video. There's so much brooding happening. <laughs> he's on and a tower.
1: Yeah. Then they say women are emotional or hysterical or whatever kind of tropes those are, but but this his kind of all over thoughts mm-hmm. about, you know, equality and then the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's mad and then he's lonely. This is proof that, you know, he may not outwardly show his emotions very much. But his inner dialogue he's a hot he's a hot emotional mess yeah. oh yeah
2: he's homesick and he's sad and he can't believe someone tried to kill paul and it's just everything and it's like maybe you wouldn't be so lonely if you just like hung out with your concubine sometimes right She's gonna point it out that she just would like it her. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys just sat down maybe had a cup of coffee
0: yeah <laughs>
2: you know well... there's coffee whale oil tea i don't know what
0: they drink furry whale tea
2: (laughs) i was flipping through uh dune messiah the other day and there Mm was a description of a character wearing like a full-length whale fur robe and i was like yeah there it is
1: (laughs) more of that yay Just... Um, good for the cold cold climate of Varakis yeah that was that part was
2: a little bit like well okay but it's a statement I guess <laughs> I mean I imagine it's quite cold there at night I'm sure and probably inside yeah. the house as well yeah
0: so um wh- and I, I think this is just the world we live in now but when I see a man being described as both lonely and full of rage in the same sentence I mm. go mmm yeah <laughs> Everyone, take cover from this gentleman. He's about to go.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, he is about to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go off. Of, yeah.
1: Some of those shooters and, and some of those, you know, people, and, are, are planning their own demise in in the in the process of all the destruction that they're doing.
2: And it's also such a cliche that I think we don't we get. I mean, there are definite like sci fi cliches throughout all of these, mm-hmm. but the the whole idea of this, you know. Oh, this like brooding, furious, lonely duke staring at the moon. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> and then *The Phantom of the Opera*. It is very, it's very extra. <laughs> and and it's again, it's just like maybe if you ever had a conversation with Jessica where you were like, "Hey, I'm I'm really upset. This is all freaking me out a lot. This is all, you know." Nope, we can't possibly just have a conversation with anybody. <laughs> the only person he really talks to is a gurney <laughs> yeah. yeah he's thinking of poetry. poetry
1: he's thinking about <laughs> gurney's poetry and then it flips from his internal dialogue over to a bunch of soldiers coming off um the ships and and then you know doing tactical stuff with gurney about how to make sure that the harkonnens didn't lay traps for them taking over the planet and the spice mine operation he just flips a script so it's kind of like a twofer yeah. It's I mean, a small chapter. It's all Leto, but it's 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 kind of two things at once.
0: It's giving him a lot more depth because you do get to see him being like yes, he is also like a brilliant strategist and you know, he's like a military, like he's a force to be reckoned with. But then like you get his like, and this has all been well established. They were talking about like how, you know, his, his shield belt is worn and his his dagger looks well used and you know when we first mm-hmm. meet him like he's obviously set up as being like this is a warrior and this is a like a leader of men but then you get his internal thoughts where he's just like i don't want any of this <laughs> like i don't want this like order and this class system like i just want to be left the fuck alone and it's kind of nice that it it, it really does give him like because he he knows what his duties are and he mm-hmm abides by them but like it does give him more depth of character and says you know there's more going on to this guy and the the fact that he can just switch his you know his thinking off like that you know to greet the soldiers and, and do all of this sort of um pr with the soldiers and like trying to get more people to stay on like while while he's still like internally just raging about someone trying to kill his son, like it shows that he is he does have like a definite like depth of character. and he's thinking like three steps ahead mm-hmm. of where he actually is,
1: yeah. I feel yeah. like I, I I have no proof of this. I've never met Frank <laughs> Herbert. I don't know anything about it um in terms of his, you know, writing style, but I, I feel like I can envision like he wrote the book or these early parts and you know the duke was a duke he is a duke and therefore it divines his character development and all Mm -hmm. that kind of thing in that maybe he wrote um, some of the tactical stuff first so Mm -hmm. talking to Gurney um, giving Gurney orders and that kind of thing and then the editor went who is Duke Leto? He's about to die we don't really know Mm -hmm. him (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) fill in the gaps a little bit have him Mm -hmm. have some internal thoughts and then mush we have all that
2: yeah <laughs> uh we learned that arrakis has more gravity apparently cool. just, like here we go the g-forces okay. man yeah i know <laughs>
0: the the dialogue with, with like the the men coming off of the the transports
2: was just hilarious it's like those space marines me. from aliens like where did these guys yes! come from <laughs> where's hicks? haven't you heard stupid no showers yeah. down here you scrub your ass with sand where is hicks first of all don't distract me this is a serious Sorry. podcast where i will not be distracted
0: we are for one episode of i mean we are like two of the founding members of the we heart hicks fan club so
2: <laughs> oh he had all the good 80s roles mm-hmm. um but, yeah, it's like, where did these guys come from? Why are they all talking like this? No one else talks. Not even Gurney talks like that. Um, yeah,
0: Gurney is very florid in his speech. Like He's, he's
2: quoting th- scripture and... and... And, you know, more, like,
0: horny poetry. He's <laughs> just like, Gurney, <laughs> get a hold of yourself. And he's ugly, again. Yeah, did yeah you know? I, we have to point out that Gurney is ugly, once again.
1: The scar. The The scar is vivid to me it mm-hmm. sounds
0: like and and this could be me I, I should probably look up in the dictionary what ink vine is but it sounds like some kind of like tattoo to me like ink vine sounds like tattoo to me but well, I, think it's, I was it's, wondering if it was like a, a mark that they would
2: give like people sold or whatever yeah because I, I, I guess it was probably from when he was in like the fighting pits and right. things like that um I like that they also have to point out that he's balding. Hey, poor Gurney. <laughs> just, like, leave him alone. Give him a break. <laughs> and this is, again, I mean, I know you've, you know, it's just the, the matter of of it's Hollywood, but I do find it really funny that we're going to have a scene with Oscar Isaac and Josh Brolin where he's going to be like, so ugly. Look at this ugly guy. Like, okay, both of you, shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just Everyone's yes. having this big the meeting. Yes, the icy...
0: Uncharismatic, yeah, the, the incredibly icy and remote Oscar Isaac. Although yeah. he can be, he can, he can be. be the guy can do whatever. Um, but, but yeah, it- I, I think the more time goes on, the more I'm okay with this Josh Brolin casting of Gurney because Gurney, like, I forget sometimes how sort of ribald and and like charismatic Gurney is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that gets lost a little bit in the movies. Not, not to say anything about Sir Patrick Stewart. No, you know, no I love him. Not. <laughs> also not ugly. But Also not ugly by any stretch of the. the man is what in it. How
2: old is Patrick Stewart now? He's in his seventies. He still looks damn good. Like he still looks great. He's fostering all these pit bulls. He's living a I great know. life. He just makes my heart melt. Anyway, <laughs> he trolls Will Wheaton. That's. Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs>
0: But they- I, I feel like uh, he's definitely got the sort of charisma to play Gurney. So even though I still hate Thanos,
2: I'm okay with Josh Brolin. <laughs> I don't know why that amuses me so much. It's not as if I'm super <laughs> attached to the character or any kind of way. But just your severe dislike of Thanos. I find Thanos stuff online sometimes, and I'm like, I should
1: send this to Bo. He's going to block I- me on Twitter. It's like, mm. I've been watching um the widow, which is an Amazon original, okay on Prime, starring Kate Beckinsale.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh okay, it's yeah.
1: Super good. It's about mm-hmm. um the Congo and and um it's pretty good. But there's this character in there. He's from South Africa. His name, his real name is Bart Fouch. Mhm. Um, but he, I don't know. If you Google him. He needs a role in this movie.
0: Oh okay. <laughs> I definitely will. We love
2: casting we love train yes. casting I do like that gertie calls thufer
0: thufer-hmm he doesn't uh, call him Howitt.
2: it yeah it's it just you know kind of I think really nicely sums up that these are you know kind of two old buddies who have worked together for a long time mm-hmm. and you know I mean everyone calls him Gertie so yeah he's clearly not really high up on ceremony or anything right i forget that's his first name sometimes because people use it so much
0: Please, Mr. Halleck was my father. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Call me girl. <laughs> yeah. That's the one everyone ignores. They're like, I will not do that, but thank you for the <laughs> offer. Um,
0: so we do get one kind of piece of uh, good information here is that When there are uh, what they call spice hunters, which is sort of a skilled labor that, like, they find the spice in the desert and, you know, they find where to mine the spice. And with the change in regime, they were given the choice, like, they could stay or they could go. And a lot of them chose to leave. And the, uh, oh, goodness, what was his name? Like, the person kind of that's overseeing Uh, the the regime change, change. The judge of the change said, yeah. If you want to go go um and leno knows like he needs those workers those are like people that know what they're doing and they know the desert they know the terrain um so he kind of uh gives gurney the the go-ahead to sort of get them persuade these people to stay and gurney's like oh persuade them how like very much implying like oh can i just you know threaten them and use violence. Yeah. <laughs> and Leto's like, no, 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 no. Give them money.
2: <laughs> um how so much I, money? I don't know. Money. Give them yeah, money, it's just Gurney. like Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so that I, I thought that was kind of interesting because they hint strongly that like these workers, these laborers are not loyal to the Harkonens. So he's already thinking about like there's a lot of, sort of, uh, in the back of his mind while this other stuff is going on, thinking about the Fremen and thinking about, like, how is he going to you know, he's gonna, he knows he's in a trap, but he's gonna try to make the best of it either way, and, you know, most important is keep the spice operation
2: running. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it is worth more than anything. And it's the symbol of all their power. And I like that where they're putting it, he says, oh, the spice is leaving, and Gurney's just like, oh, our spice? Like, who else would it be, Gurney? You're just, I get it. He's like, I have no time for this right now. Yes, our spice. It's
1: very Dr. Seuss. Our spice over here, our spice over there. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) And then they, I like that there's this, he finds a propaganda corpsman, which is like, oh, okay. Sounds like he's just like the official gossiper. It's like don't tell everybody if you go will. tell everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go take some selfies and hashtag it, here's where the women are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, um, so if you already had a woman, here's where she
0: is. If you're looking for a woman, there's lots of them here. Like there's so
2: many more here than anywhere else, guys. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, in the, in the same chapter he's talking about eradicating classes. He also mm-hmm. doesn't know how to relate to the soldiers and figures. You know women placement is the most important thing to them yeah. which it may be but i hope it wasn't
0: yeah well, you know, i hope it was personally they gotta have something to do um <laughs> as far as like you know where is my wife is she being well taken care of is she treated part. well yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as the like oh there's <laughs> come on come on out there's we got bitches yeah, yeah that's not <laughs>
1: We have eight varieties of chips in the grocery store. It's kind of right. as, as clinical as that.
2: <laughs> yeah. like, this is just the way that the it works. The population works on Arrakis. Uh, yeah. Go but find. But I, I
0: think it's important to to note, though, with all of this, that, like, Leto's trying to win win them over. He's not trying to, like, force anyone to stay. He But mm-hmm. he wants their loyalty. And, like, he knows... He knows what he's doing. He knows how to win men's loyalty. And I don't know how much of it is like calculated. I would say probably all of it. But, you know, he knows what he needs to do to like get men to swear fealty
2: to him. Which is, of course, his, you know, biggest sin in the eyes of the emperor is that people like (laughs) him a lot.
0: Yeah, it is. And people don't like the emperor all that much.
2: He's always such an angry little man.
0: He is. You know who I picture him as, like now that you talk, when now that you say that, like the guy that played Principal Snyder on Buffy?
2: <laughs> oh, Armin uh, Armin Shimmerman,
0: Shimmerman. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Armin Shimmerman, but with Sardukar.
0: Right.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I don't like
2: that.
1: It sounds like it
0: would have been an
2: episode of Buffy.
0: It really would have.
2: <laughs> uh, I do like how casually attorney is dealing with all of this. Like, I like how businesslike it is. Like, he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you know, well, it's through for trouble. Never mind. I'll get him some men." Um, and then when the Duke mentions that I think it's the armored vehicles are coming, he's just like, "Okay, wait a minute. What do you think is going to happen?" <laughs> and he doesn't tell him. You know, no, he's just he sort doesn't. of like, "No, you know, uh just making sure."
0: He probably doesn't want to get into it like there in front of all those people, too.
2: Yeah, and it's also yeah. a case of not I, well. No, I guess he doesn't have any inkling of, I guess, a mole at this point. I, I lose track mm-hmm. of who knows what at certain points. Right. Because I mean, I'm sure the thought has stu- crossed his mind. Yeah. He's too angry, they- I think, right now to really think about he-
1: that. When he's doing his internal monologue, one of the things he thinks about is, I don't think that the Harkonnens putting a sleeper in to these leaving ranks was something that they'd bother with. And based Mm -hmm. on everything that happens and based on everything he knows about them, that was probably a huge undershoot.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is very frustrating that all the parts of the plan, you know, no one is seeing all of it except for the Harkonnen. Right. (laughs) And, you know, that is the the issue. It's just like, well, they... But I don't know that they would have left that person here to do that. And I don't know if they would do this. And they probably wouldn't try to do that. It's like, ah, oh, guys. <laughs> it's frustrating as a reader because you know what's going on. Right. And it you know, becomes increasingly, increasingly clear from the epigraphs that things are not going to go well.
1: Yeah, it's very Scarlet yeah. O'Hara, Gone with the Wind. I'm not mm-hmm. going to think about that now. I'll think about that tomorrow. Exactly. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess you really do have to just be like, okay, one thing at a time. Yeah, you,
1: you would, yeah, but it's stressful. Yeah.
0: I mean that's So uh, speaking of um not to interrupt, but uh speaking of Gurney, <laughs> I was just uh Josh Brolin just posted bye bye, Arrakis, on Instagram. Ooh. And I um he's he only did three days of filming, so I don't think that Gurney's in this very much. Well, um well, that? But he did also get a slap on the wrist for um, talking so much about the movie and, like, the filming locations and stuff. So, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was
1: kind of funny. Hey, when you're Josh he's... Brolin, you can do it in one take.
2: hmm He's uh, their, uh, uh, oh, God, Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> they
2: don't let him have information because he's just going to tell everybody. <laughs> right. There's the whole Tom script. Holland. Yeah, I couldn't think of his name.
0: Uh, yeah if uh, for those that used to anyone that watched Battlestar Galactica like Aaron Douglas who played Chief Chief Tyrell like was the worst at giving spoilers (laughs) like he would just tell like Comic Con he'd be like oh yeah this is what's gonna happen next season (laughs) they're like guy you can't do that so
1: uh, yeah yeah. Josh Brolin's (laughs) insta is how I found out that Duke Leto died (laughs) oh no thanks Josh (laughs)
2: <laughs> that would be so funny i would just be like oh boy it's only I mean, there's written. gonna be that's i mean yeah there's gonna be something it's mm-hmm. it's there you know someone's gonna see a meme or a scene from the lynch movie i'd be like well now i know what happens like well the book's been out for a very long time at this point a very long time <laughs> yeah
0: and I, I, this is me like you can't spoil something that's like Seven, you know 60
2: years old or however yeah I don't know how old it is but you can't spoil that I remember Um, people getting up in arms online because posters for the last season of Bates Motel showed that Norma was dead mm -hmm. and I was like "Um, have you ever seen the movie Psycho Psycho right like Um, I know this is a departure but (laughs) some things never change um
0: Yeah, or like a meme, like a a meme that's like about Forrest Gump or something. And I I remember someone was like, spoilers. I was like, that movie came out 20 years ago. If you have not seen (laughs) it yet, that
2: that is on you.
0: Yeah, don't make me feel older I I already did.
2: I watched that in school in like seventh grade. Like, don't tell me (laughs) that. No, you
0: you did not. (laughs) Seventh grade.
2: Yeah, when did that come out? I was already out of high school. Yeah. No, came that came out, out in '94.
0: Um. Okay, so I was a sophomore in high school.
2: Yeah, that came out in '94. I was okay. yeah in seventh or eighth grade. Spoiler: We watched nesting, it in school. Nesting. Oh, he gets shot in the
0: butt.
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Jenny dies of something unspecified, but we can all make our guesses. Right. Also, Free Bird.
0: Uh, yeah, for real. everyone's
2: favorite. 70s
0: freak Um, out song so you know that i'm from south carolina (laughs) that was our class song wow yeah
1: people wanted us to name our if we had a son call it leonard
0: no so we could have
1: leonard skinner oh
0: i hate that i hate that (laughs) i'm so glad you had a daughter me
2: too (laughs) yeah we get a lot of we got a lot of suggested puns as well with Mm -hmm. the last name sunday uh, people were often just like, "Oh, Easter was a big popular uh-huh. one. Uh, various fruits, you know, ice cream. Yeah,
1: like yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for your opinions. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Thank you very much. I will continue to not listen. <laughs> you could. And everyone will be named a- things from Dune. 'Cause they range from things like Paul to
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. To Sufir Howitt.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean Duncan is a pretty normal name. Duncan Idaho is a bit of a ridiculous name, but like it's Duncan so is a normal name.
1: It sounds like a brand of french fries.
0: Everyone if... yeah, it does. It sounds like Orida.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, I don't know. Orida like...
0: wants to sponsor this podcast, it's
2: we so will be paid in potato. And speaking of, you know, if that's pretty much the end of the chapter, but I don't know if people feel that. If they feel something in the air and it's coming, what well, could mm-hmm. it be? Next chapter, could it be Duncan Idaho? I don't know, maybe. There's a bit
0: of is a whisper on the wind. Something. Is it
2: Duncan? Is it Duncan <laughs> Idaho?
1: That's, the, <laughs> that's, that's the part of the movie I wanted us to recreate is all the female whispering of, is he the one? Yeah. <laughs> could, he be, could it be he? Could it be the one? Could it be the I don't <laughs> the poor it's shaved head. Yeah.
2: I'm really hoping that they don't do that again. And then in the, the miniseries, they all just have fright wigs. Yes. Like, everyone's and just got crazy hats.
1: That's where I need to go next. I need lock. to see, I need to read the, the next books. Mm-hmm. And I need to watch the um, film and miniseries that have been made since 1984.
0: Yeah, I I would be very curious to hear your your thoughts. We'll have to have you come back because I'd really like to hear some of your thoughts after um, Children of Dune um, especially and and kind of get your impressions uh, of the following couple of books and, Mm -hmm. you know, where you are with it if you want to continue reading them. Um, The jump from Children of Dune to God Emperor of Dune is tough. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's... It, it is an adjustment, but I feel like, you know, dedicate if you're dedicated to it and you stick with it, it will definitely pay off. It's a phenomenal
2: story.
1: I heard you guys talking about Leto too, and sometimes he has arms we
2: always say you could hear us discuss every single element of any part of the any of these books and still have no idea what we're talking about
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that that would be our next whisper kind of overlay with all of us we'd be like does he have arms arms where are the arms look at his abs why does he have abs i don't know <laughs> God,
2: <Emperor. laughs> yeah. there's not enough of that in those i feel like you know then we get into other ladies who have other skills Um, yes uh, just put it mildly mildly
1: (laughs) well now I have to read it (laughs) (laughs) that is definitely a point if you get to
0: heretics in chapter house like let's definitely talk because I (laughs) will only I feel like those books we should only have female guests come
1: on (laughs) (laughs) because
0: my comfort level of talking some of those some of those scenes would not like mesh with having male guests like that's just me like I write romance and I have no problems write- writing sex scenes but discussing them with the, oh. my dude friends especially
2: such as they are yeah it's, <laughs> it's like oh oh dear
1: I will i, I'm I will volunteer that I'll voluntarily share with you that um if I had to pick a dune word that was my safe word <laughs> it would be ornithopter <laughs>
2: Judy, just choked up my wine. I guess <laughs> probably, I think that probably is Gurney's safe word. Yeah. It, it is a very sexy word.
1: <laughs> Shield belt. Shield belt. <laughs> Chris knife. <think>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, they did, it, there is that kind of random sex scene in the Lynch movie mm. between Leto and Jessica. Yeah. Which I've always liked because I think they kind of just put that there. Like, I don't know, romance? I, I don't know. They have sex? Look. With <laughs> sex, It's like, well, we kind of got that part.
1: Yeah. Um, How do you know she's a concubine unless they sleep together?
2: Yeah, exactly. But there are some chapters where it's shallow, but there's part of it that's like, maybe if you guys just went into one of those empty rooms for a little while, you guys yeah. would feel a little better about all of the stress and stuff that's happening in your lives. Agreed. Send Paul somewhere else. Uh, it's a very big house. Just, you know, maybe you guys need some personal time. Just the two of you.
0: Yeah,
1: you need grown up time. You know who's God. in one of these rooms that we haven't uncovered yet? That first concubine. Uh, <laughs> she's in a box. You have been listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> ah.
0: so Megan's favorite.
1: I love the, uh, the I love the bathhouse music, the intro and outro music. It's Thank awesome. You. <laughs> Thanks, Beth House. Thank you guys. Um, but I sing a lot. There's, there's, I think it's the outro where it sounds mm. a little bit like never ending story, just like mm. the, for the first three <laughs> seconds. So I'll like finish an episode listening to your podcast and then I'll be like, turn around. <laughs> I wish. I wish I oh, could afford yeah, Limol. I all. can't.
0: <laughs> I really can't afford that. It's, it's the same song. The intro is the beginning and the tail end is. Like,
2: The outro is the end of the song,
0: but yeah.
2: I sting, let us a... use Desert Rose. Sting, I know you're listening, Gordon. Yes. I yeah. know you're listening. I, I, Mr. Want... Sumner, Mr. We
0: Sumner, we would like to
1: use <laughs> Desert Rose. I want for the, this podcast. I want the 2020 movie to have just have it be placed in modern culture 2019 2020 culture. <laughs> that would be cool. Just some more anachronism, um, Lol. Like, yeah. Like they're, they're interviewing, like, uh, spice drivers and it's kind of a super millennial <laughs> okay. or um, like
0: I were I drove for Uber for a while but that was a shit show so I yeah. quite went to Lyft and that didn't work out so now I'm totally like I don't know
2: just looking for something <laughs> I'm tired of being a barista I want to just be <laughs> I, I want David Lynch to reprise his role as guy in spice trader <laughs> <laughs> but it's I funny to be... because
0: you know my husband like he recently saw this for the first time like this past year and <laughs> we had watched all of Twin Peaks like the beginning the f- very first episode of Twin Peaks all the way through Twin Peaks The Return oh, and boy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, you know so he already had like a deep affection for David Lynch as you do but like when he popped up in that scene <laughs> uh Brian just kind of sat up on the couch and was like oh my god pointing <laughs> it was so cute
2: he should be smoking though so cuz it's David Lynch he they, really should
1: if they had a bit of a montage and kind of a, a soundtrack going when Paul mm-hmm. rides a maker for the first time
2: oh, i wanted it to be the wh- same music
1: you'd want it to do be the same i stuff? do
2: too i love the music from the Lynch movie I love- like I love that one particularly because there is the yeah. most out of place, but amazing just guitar riff. Yeah. Stilgar <laughs> gets up on that worm next to him. And, Burner. It's <laughs> but so like, good. Yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're is, just gonna do that for whatever Duncan Idaho does? They really just like
0: captured the like feeling of the '80s in that one scene. Like this, <laughs> that is the most '80s thing. The so soundtracks ever. to
2: Dune, Legend, and Lady Hawk are just like there. It is it's the trifecta. Have tangerine dream shit oh. put it yeah, in no, not, my ears. No yep, director's cut. Here. Thank you. Yeah, Lily is a lady, not a princess. At its tangerine dream. Yeah.
1: I I would do if I couldn't do the original music, I would do maybe Katy Perry's "Roar."
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, I was thinking it's probably gonna end up being something like super moody and ambient, like I've I've, I Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's it is Hans Zimmer doing it. Like I've seen enough of. this director's movies to know like he usually has like they're really well scored mm-hmm. so i'm not really worried about it and the fact that it's han zimmer i'm sure it'll be fine
1: that was another scene in the movie that haunted me as an eight-year-old which just, one um when they have to kind of pry The the worms, the rings apart, yes, and you kind of see this like flesh underneath, yeah. And you know that the it obviously hurts because they don't roll that way, they roll it to the top so it doesn't get a bunch of sand in it, yeah. And it just reminded me of when my sister picked my scabs.
0: Oh, yeah, (laughs) it made me think of toenails,
1: yes, yeah,
0: like it because they're very like ridged and sort of they look like big, nasty toenails,
1: yeah. So Paul should
0: yeah. say sorry. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of have a, a similar sort of a creature thing on Star Trek Discovery, where there's a creature that's like helping them sort of jump through space really quickly, and they, but the only way to use it is to actually like hurt it. Oh. and it's like a you know obviously in pain and doesn't like that so it's kind of a an interesting thing i never really thought about
2: that but like those whales and doctor who
0: yeah the space whales oh sad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway
1: people worship its poop so it has that
2: <laughs> it has when, that going for it when will they cast the giant spider from enemies <laughs> when will he be cast?
0: <laughs> Who do you think he'll be playing? <laughs>
2: uh, the Emperor. Fade. <laughs> fade. <laughs> f- the giant spider from enemy has fade Rob. <laughs> oh, so
0: that was chapter eleven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, any thoughts? Anything we might have missed? Anything you guys wanna mention about chapter eleven?
2: I mean, I think you know it's it's pretty clear that mm-hmm. we, we don't get to know the Duke very well. Um, and I don't know if it's for better or for worse that we don't really ever get to know him super well. and then later on, when he's mentioned, it is always the sort of gloss of just well, wow, but he mm-hmm. was so great. Yeah. and you know, you know, we get enough to know that we don't necessarily agree with that all mm-hmm. the way, but I you know I do kind of wish that maybe if we gotten to see him a little in peacetime maybe. Yeah. If there I, ever I think is he's such an interesting
0: thing. character. Like I know I I'm being kind of hard on him, but I do think he's an interesting character. Obviously, he is just serving as like a motivation for Paul and Jessica at this point mm-hmm. or, you know, at, at a future point in the story, but he is, I mean, he is an interesting character and the fact that they Herbert did like attempt to make him a a deeper and kind of more dynamic character. So, and let us get to know him a little bit more in this Mm -hmm. chapter so that, you know, when the inevitable does happen, it is like more of a loss.
1: Yeah. And I look at Paul as kind of the product of Jessica and Leto and, and and Herbert points us that way. He has Mm -hmm. Jessica staring at Paul's sleeping face and Mm -hmm. talking about the parts that are her and the parts that are Leto, like his glossy hair.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
1: all these kind of things. So he's kind of us in that direction. And really, Paul had a lot of time. You know, it's not like the Duke dies when he's two or five or mm-hmm. ten. He's. And you look at Paul, and he becomes, you know, a military leader, and he becomes other things. But but his real, the real imprint on him is Jessica, because what mm-hmm. makes him special is his intuition which comes from her Mm -hmm. Um, and some of it, you know, the weirding way and other things that, you know, it all comes from her and her influence and her training. And we know Duke Leto enough to know, uh, you know, some of the command things that come to Paul and his kind of entitlement to, to being a leader, (laughs) but there's other military leaders around that, you Mm -hmm. know, could have helped him create the Fremen army. You know, he has Duncan and Thufir and Gurney, um, for a good chunk of time, so if there's just enough Duke exposure in this chapter that that I see that really um, th- his faint, his road to greatness has to do everything with Jessica.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. a good point, and one that we could probably go out on for this <laughs> episode. <laughs> Um, we always like to go out with Jessica be having the upper hand in some way or other. <laughs> it's a pro-Jessica pro podcast. Yes. It's a very pro-Jessica podcast, yes. Um, so we don't have any emails or reviews this week, but we would love to have some. If you guys would like to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever, we would definitely read it on the show. Um, email us at weirdingpodcast at gmail.com and reach out to us on twitter at weirding pod and show us your dune covers we still like seeing those i know that Mm -hmm. um megan (laughs) you
1: you guys you
0: and your husband had the whole family out (laughs) yeah he brought
2: everybody (laughs) we found our other copy of dune and he was like i'm gonna post that and he's like i'm gonna post all of them so it's it's a whole family portrait Yeah. (laughs) Except like one of them is we couldn't find, I think it's Chapter House maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that went. It was so funny because I was like, well, where's Chapter House? And he was like, it's right there. It's not Chapter House. (laughs) So who knows? It vanished. (laughs) Tell us if you
1: think Gurney's ugly. Tell us what your Dune safe word would be.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Hashtag Dune safe words.
1: (laughs) Ornithopter. (laughs)
2: i'm the production company is going to call us and be like we need to stop um could Um, you not (laughs) i need you to to not i don't know what mine would be i guess gom yeah (laughs) that's a good one though i mean as far as safe words go (laughs) yeah seriously
0: i mean it would prove if you're human i suppose
2: that sounds like the world's worst sex
0: talk. I mean, it's way better than the box. I <laughs>
2: mean, <laughs> if you're never mind, you know what? We're not getting into it. <laughs> Shai Halud
1: sounds more like something you'd call out, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what they do. I mean, those. But women, that's pretty
1: appropriate. Yeah, they do.
2: They do some stuff as we'll learn, guys. They do mm-hmm. some stuff.
0: Well, Jody, we loved having you on the show. We'd love to have you come back for a future chapter. Um, this was great for us. If you're interested, we'd love to have you come back on. Yes,
1: totally. And I'm an internet nobody. I have nothing to to, to pimp, but I have famous relatives, so
0: <laughs> that's true. And you know, your husband, former former guest on the show, Brian Skinner, has the Predicto Cast. Listen to that if that's kind of your thing. But I'm recommending Predicto Cast Junior this episode. For especially the episode with you and your adorable daughter. Thank you. <laughs> so that'll be it
2: for us this time. Just everyone uh, think about Duncan Idaho. Oh, we're on Instagram. We're on Instagram now. That's Speaking true. of Duncan we're, Idaho.
0: We're on Instagram. And um, yeah, I'm feeling like a Duncan Idaho photo dump coming on. I think it's
2: going to happen. <laughs> Will I ever come to terms with my feelings? Right. Will I ever? <laughs> I don't understand. I'm so confused.
1: I know he's not the set player, but seeing him with, you know, um, kind of like in a fig leaf arrangement, but it's just the set And the covering of bits and pieces. It's just but, a sword. Yeah. Fan um, artists, go for it.
0: Yeah, please.
2: <laughs> do I do I love him? Do I hate him? I'm a regular Merbella. Uh So our Instagram is weirding pod. Thank you, Bo.
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
2: Spoilers for future. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, and yeah, so follow us on Instagram please and I promise we'll post lots of memes. Yeah. I have lots of Dune memes on my phone for yeah
0: we're reasons. we've been saving them for when I finally got off my butt and started a, an Instagram for the show so follow us there weirding podcast or is weirding it Weird, pod weirding pod yeah follow us there Twitter at weirdingpod weirdingpodcast at gmail.com and we're on Facebook like us there if you feel like it mm-hmm. so we'll thanks everyone and we will see you next time bye Bye. you Got me.